Friday's jobs data from the U.S. came as a cherry on top of an excellent week for the U.S. bonds. The shortfall that we saw in the U.S. yields boosted appetite in equities and also triggered a broad-based rally in major currencies against the U.S. dollar. But, but interestingly, the cheery market conditions and that cheery market sentiment couldn't bring oil bulls back to the market. So welcome to the new week of trading with Swiss Goats daily market talk. So that excellent combo of lower than expected NFP figure, weaker than expected wages growth, and well, the unemployment rate actually rose to an almost two-year high in the US and just another wave of optimism to the global financial markets on Friday that the Federal Reserve is really, really done hiking the interest rates this time. Plus, plus a combined 100,000 downside revision to August and September NFP numbers also came as another indication that the jobs market in the US or the job creation that we saw in the late summer in the US wasn't as strong as it was previously revealed by the data. So all the key metrics right now suggest that the US jobs market is cooling and that the Federal Reserve's aggressive monetary policy tightening campaign is finally, finally giving the expected loosening result on the US jobs market. So that should basically help keeping inflation in the U.S. on track for further easing to the Federal Reserve's 2% monetary policy goal. And that's not it. That's not it. Because the weakness in the jobs market could also be an early indication, an early sign that my carrier's most eagerly expected recession in the U.S. could finally, finally show up its nose. And according to some rule, when the three-month average of the jobless rate rises 0.5 percentage point or above uh, 0.5 percentage point, well, it is then a clear sign that recession is on the way. And we are now at 0.33 level. So all that is obviously good news for the financial markets because as I was just saying right now, it means that the Federal Reserve won't necessarily need to hike the interest rates one more time. Not only that, but the Federal Reserve is now expected to cut the interest rates for the first first time next year around June and cut by 100 basis points before next year ends. And obviously all that combined with an early optimism that we saw last week that the US Treasury will also borrow a record, borrow a less than expected amount of money to finance the huge US debt. Well, the US bond market is literally on fire since last week. The US two-year yield fell to 4.85% level last Friday. The U.S. 10-year yield shortly fell below the 4.5% level and the U.S. 30-year bond dips below the 4.70% level before rebounding higher. So all this is good, but if the bond markets decide to go faster than the music, well, the financial conditions in the U.S. would be relaxed just too soon and too fast, and the letter could actually bring the Federal Reserve back to a hawkish monetary policy stance. So the rally that we see right now in the U.S. bond markets could gently slow down into 
this week. But but of course, the falling yields in the US did a lot, a lot of good to risk sentiment last week. The US equities literally roared last week after three months of a struggle. The S&P 500 jumped almost 6% during the course of last week and recorded its best week since the beginning of this year. The VIX index plunged below the 15 mark and the US dollar slid the most, the most since July and sank below its 50-day moving average, triggering a beautiful, beautiful rally in major pairs across the globe. The euro dollar flirted with the 107.50 level and that despite the fact that the European economies are stagnating and inflation fell to a two-year low, giving the European Central Bank those normally plenty of reason to remain confident about the end of the hiking cycle in the Eurozone as well. Then cable rallied to 123.90 level, and that even though the Bank of England projections released just a day before the US jobs data was released, weren't painting a sunny or a beautiful picture for the British economic outlook on the contrary, remember that the British economic growth is now expected to stall and the Bank of England sees a 50% chance of a recession coming to Britain in the coming months with hopefully, hopefully a further fall in the British inflation as a result of it toward the 4.5% level by the year end. And all that is obviously reflected by a pricing of around three 25 base point cuts in the BOE rate by the end of next year. In Japan, the dollar yen fell below the 150 psychological mark as the US jobs data literally, literally came to the rescue of the desperate Japanese yen on Friday, which got severely hit by yet another dovish monetary policy announcement by the Bank of Japan two weeks ago, remember? And finally, the Aussie dollar jumped to its 100-day moving average on Friday and could further extend its rally if, if, as expected, the Reserve Bank of Australia delivers a 25 base point hike tomorrow for the very first time in five months and say that the interest rates will remain high for a year to bring inflation in Australia to targets, which may not happen easily, easily given the ongoing strength that we see in the Australian economy and the ultra-low unemployment environment. So that's it really, I mean, in a broad summary, What's happening right now is that the bonds are up, the yields are down as a result of it, equities are up and the US dollar is down, and major, major currencies across the globe are up as a result of a rally in the US bonds market and a depreciation in the US dollar. But, but interestingly, there is just one kid in that party room that's less cheery and less enthusiastic than the others are, and that's crude oil. Because normally, you would have expected the dovish Fed expectations to lower US dollar and a global risk rally to boost sentiment in oil as well. But but no, crude oil remained under pressure on Friday's trading session, as it has been the case the rest of the week, and tested the $80 per barrel level to the downside on Friday. And even the rising tensions in Gaza, the news that Israel encircled Gaza City, and also the headlines that Saudi Arabia and Russia will stick to their planned oil cuts, despite the tensions that we see in the Middle East, haven't done much at the beginning of this week to bring the oil bulls 
back to the market but but Saudi Arabia and Russia they did reiterate together this weekend that even if the world falls apart well they will be keeping their production curbs in place at least until the end of this year so this basically means that Saudi Arabia will be pumping 1 million barrels less of oil per day and that Moscow will be exporting 300,000 barrels less per day as well. Now, the International Energy Agency still believes that a broader conflict that we might see in the Middle East could bring Saudi Arabia or maybe Moscow to revise their production curb plans but economists at Bloomberg now say that Saudi Arabia may need oil prices to rise toward the $100 per barrel level to fund their expensive projects including the futuristic city of Neon for example and also finance the purchase of very very high profile footballers and golfers and if that means that the world must suffer a deeper energy crisis, higher inflation, cost of living crisis and poverty, well, you know what, be it. So, as I was saying last week, Saudi Arabia will put all its weight to keep these oil prices above the $80 per barrel level and just just mentioning just saying that they will actually extend their production curves into next year should normally be enough to get the oil bears back to their knees but the morose economic outlook and weak manufacturing data across the globe will likely likely limit gains in oil before we get close to that well-wished hundred dollar per barrel level so this is all for this Monday. I'm Ipekos Kardeshkaya and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. And, and please do not forget to hit the like button to let us know that you enjoy these market videos. So I will meet you again tomorrow. And until then, good day trading.